Hey everyone, it's Corey, and this episode is a little bit different. We interviewed Lindsay Metzler from the podcast We Met at Acme, a fantastic podcast about relationships. And originally, we watched season one, episode nine, The Turtle and the Hare, in our rewatch. Uh, we were talking with Lindsay about it, and the episode just turned into a really great conversation about sex in the city, but also about relationships and about the four women. And we kind of got away from season one, episode nine, but we hit on a bunch of other really great stuff. So what we decided to do was just have this be an awesome interview with someone who hosts an awesome podcast about relationships and dating and who loves sex in the city. So check out Lindsay's podcast, We Met at Acme. Enjoy this episode. And then next week, Just the Boys will be back with a rewatch of season one, episode nine, the turtle in the hair. So you get kind of double turtle in the hair, but you also get a great interview. Also on our Patreon this week, we threw up an extra episode. We're talking about season one fashion with Anahita Musavian. She is the New York Post deputy fashion editor for New York Post and Alexa. And she has a shoe out with the SJP line. So enjoy this episode and we'll be talking rewatch next week. You're now listening to The Bradshaw Boys a podcast where three relatively grown men binge the iconic HBO series, Sex and the City. So dust off those DVDs and grab yourself a white wine or even a Cosmopolitan and settle in. Take it away, boys. Welcome to the Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three guys rewatch Sex in the City with you. And just like that, I'm Corey Cavan. I'm Kevin D James Doyle. <laughs> my, my name is John Sieber. What a laughing good time we have. And because of that, we have a fantastic guest today. We're so excited to talk to her. She hosts an incredible podcast called We Met at Acme. Please welcome Lindsay Metzelar. Hey, guys. What's up, Lindsay? This is so fun. I'm already stoked. <laughs> we uh we, we yeah thank you for joining us thanks so much we I, we told you when we talked about doing this that one of the uh caveats to doing the show was you're gonna have to watch an episode of sex in the city and you said that was really fun and i'm guessing that doesn't happen with a lot of things you get guests asked to guest on you don't get it's not watch sex in the city not the typical homework but honestly it's the best by far <laughs> we um we used to when we would do podcasts like in in our studio with people um we always underestimated how like socially it's slightly uncomfortable to invite a complete stranger over talk for 10 minutes and then sit on a couch like in <laughs> silence next to them and uh but it's also a great way to get to know people and this is our first time having a guest in a while so uh so we're excited to watch this with you awesome i can't wait to watch i feel like i can quote yeah. every single episode so um i it's like i don't even have to watch it to tell you it was super fan yeah well i feel like yeah. this is a great question to ask we're we followed your instagram which is great and then also your podcast but was was sex in the city at all any sort of inspiration for your podcast because it's pretty much huge Okay. Tell, tell us about what Huge. it is. Yeah, go ahead. So there is so much sex in the city ingrained in my mind that 
my rules that I have for dating are so sex in the city related that I don't even realize that they're like Mm -hmm. sex in the city rules. Like people will reach out to me and be like, Oh yeah, of course you think that like the guy should love the girl more. Like that's from sex in the city. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, (laughs) it is like, it's just from my mind, but yeah, it's probably from sex in the city. That's awesome. When did you, okay. And you're, Okay. I am, you're from, yeah. are you a native New Yorker? Okay. Okay, cool. So like, I feel like that's almost like double sex in the city because you have probably like, there's probably things that go on in that show that you may remember from like either being a kid or like just at, like when you were a teenager that had just gone away or something like that. So I think that I feel like it seems like the show is probably very ingrained and just Totally. Actually, I have to ask you guys, who's like the Carrie, who's the Miranda, who's the Samantha? Like, I Mm. I hope that you guys have kind of discussed this already. Yeah, I think we have. Yeah. Yeah. Do we want to we've answered this question before by answering it for each other? Um, I guess we could do it for ourselves. Uh, I'll just do, I, when we've, we've done it like so many different ways. I think that I am probably, um, Mm -hmm. very part carry, probably like 50 Mm -hmm. to 75% carry all my jobs in New York have been in media. And I've like always, I've, I've, I've worked in buildings that Carrie Bradshaw has worked in before. So like, um, and then, I mean, I went shoe shopping today, so maybe that says something. Um, they were for they were for hiking boots, but you know, maybe. Um, but yeah, Carrie. And then I think probably, probably a little bit of Charlotte, mm-hmm. I guess, just because mm-hmm. I was like raised pretty traditionally, and so I've attended Episcopal, an Episcopalian church, so like Got that you. lines up. So yeah, yeah that would I be always me. tell people I've actually had I've gone on dates where girls like have found out that I do a sex and city podcast and they've been like, so what are you? And I was like, I was like, this is so uncomfortable. I usually say I'm half Charlotte and half Samantha. And they're like, those are like Mm. totally opposite. And I was like, I know that's like, that's like my, (laughs) that's like the struggle that I've always been working through. Right. Right. I I grew up in like a, uh, probably Christian, Christian background, like growing up. And then also dealt with some Samantha issues. And I think I'm a loyal and good friend as well. So that's, (laughs) that's fair. That's fair. I love it. What about you, John? Mm -hmm. I think I'm pretty much just a Miranda through and through. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean, I think she's a little bit more pessimistic than I am. I'm, I'm very, a very optimistic person. Right. Uh, But I think logically her and I probably work through problems in a similar way. Uh, and, and, and Corey and I have had like our moments where we've chatted to each other and he's like, I need your Miranda brain. And I'm like, I need your carry emotion. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think that's usually the way John described that was very kind. It's usually me calling John or texting John saying, are you around Uh in 20 minutes? I have a Uh problem. I need to work out. I need your logic. And uh, what about you? It, he accepts it. my emotion with a side of grace. Um, I have a question. So yeah, what about you? If you asked me like five years ago, I would say I'm half Carrie, half Samantha. But I think as time has gone on, I would say I'm half care or maybe like 70% Carrie, 30% Miranda. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm just like, okay. like not about the pessimism, but just like about the realistic. Yeah you know, expectations of life. What, what, like what shed, what part of you shed that Samantha? Was it just getting older? Was it gaining perspective? Yeah, I think getting older and like the thing with Samantha is like, she's so multidimensional, but like the reality of her is that like, 
you know, she, she also like wants to be loved and she also wants to like find someone. And I think Samantha is all of us when we're younger. And as we get older, you know, Samantha's like avoidant attachment and, and like, you know, Carrie and Miranda are like more secure attachment. Well, I don't know how secure Carrie is, but you know, (laughs) Mm. Hmm. I love that. I love like that you're already delving into like <laughs> attachment avoidance styles. This is going to be so much fun. Cause like, I think all three of us have actually read a, a fair amount of like relationship counseling stuff or just like relationship therapy stuff. Uh, but I know, and this is, this is actually a great segue. Like I know that your podcast deals with a lot of things. One of the, one of the greatest things that I think that you guys do is that on, on your Instagram, one of the great things you do is that you have these stories Mm. that are these polls and you ask questions to your listeners and they are so great. They'll be like, you know, three dates in three days. Someone wants to go away for the weekend. Uh, Is that a red flag? And then people just answer and then you answer it. But like, wh- how would you describe your podcast and what we met at Acme is and does and how it deals yeah, with Yeah, it's very things? much a millennial dating podcast and just like a podcast that's shedding a light on the things that people want to know about, but don't talk about. So similar to kind of the way that Carrie writes about these taboo subjects and ask these like open-ended questions we met at acme is kind of doing that in this in a different kind of more virtual way like with Mm -hmm. the poll questions and taking a lot from our followers and listeners and kind of talking about what it seems like they want answered what's acme is it a bar It's a bar. It's a bar on the Lower East Side. It's been closed through the pandemic. Who knows if it will reopen, but there was a moment where it was like, you know, one of those like Sex in the City. Like if Sex in the City was in 2018, Acme would have been one of the spots they went to. Gotcha. I always think it's like where Wiley E. Coyote gets his uh, firecrackers from. Yeah. (laughs) It's also that. That's the thing. It's whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah, the drink the 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 least popular drink special is the one where they push a giant three thousand <laughs> exactly. the night, and then you wake up hungover <laughs> and flattened. Um, well, wait, what? The, I'm sure people have asked you this before. What, what is the significance of we met at Acme? The the did you meet someone? There I didn't actually, but I um I do know a lot of people who did meet at Acme, and I, it was like it was the place to kind of meet someone, like you know, um, whatever bars they had in Sex and the City in the '90s and and sorry, early 2000s. It was like the same kind of vibe. Like it was one of those where like you go to meet like that, you know, well-to-do person. Mm. Old time New York clubs, it sounds like. How you engage and answer questions that your listeners and followers are asking you. Do you have like sources that you go to? Do you just pick it out of your brain? Carrie, especially in the early episodes, like goes and spends time with individuals or kind of these like unique sources that she has. Do you have a group of curated people that you've gathered in the course of your life that you like will ask questions to? How do you answer? (laughs) 
your inquiries? Yes and no, but most of it comes from our followers writing in the Mm -hmm. questions themselves. And so it's funny because it's like with Carrie, like she'll like hang out with like Miranda and her new boyfriend. And then she, and like, think that let's, I don't know, I'm making this up, but like, think that like, they have a weird relationship because, you know, he's always bringing up his ex and then she'll go home and she'll be like, is it weird if your friend's boyfriend is always bringing up his ex? And I'm like, how is Miranda not mad at her for like blowing up her spot (laughs) on a newspaper, you know, like, and so it's very similar. Like I do that. Sometimes I'll take like my friend's situations and I'll be like, is it a red flag if, but only with their permission. Have you ever had a friend like, oh, that's good. Interesting. I was going to ask you if you've had a friend like kind of be reading this stuff that you don't even like. Well, I have. So like there's, there are so many overlapping situations. People go through the same things, right? Mm -hmm. So like someone will submit a question and be like, my boyfriend called me a bitch last night. Like, is that a deal breaker? And I'll ask, and a friend will reach out and be like, is this about my boyfriend? And I'm like, no, it's actually not. But like, if someone's applying the situation to them, maybe, maybe they should look into that. You're like, it wasn't about you, but look at the polling because you should, 80% (laughs) of people said you should dump him. (laughs) Right, exactly. that's super interesting though because it shows just like how yeah. everyone's oh, going God. all the time all, all the time, time. i mean so like like 10 things that just keep showing up over and over and over again and it, exactly like my boyfriend and i will go through tiktoks and we'll be like everybody lives the same life like everybody has the same joke like everyone's doing the same annoying thing to their boyfriend or girlfriend or it's, so true. it's wild how i'm so curious about this because i I think this question comes up in Sex in the City about Carrie, but it's like, how has doing your podcast changed mm. your relationship life? Mm. Because with Carrie, I'm like, how has your column changed your life? But it just seems like for six seasons, it just gets her into a back right. and forth. Exactly. It hasn't. It, um, you know. But for me, Right. Because for me, I think the difference between like me and Carrie in that way is like, she's kind of talking into the abyss, right? Like she is not like accepting Mm -hmm. advice. She's just saying her thoughts. Whereas like every episode I have somebody who teaches me something when it comes to dating. And for that, I feel like my perspective has been like really rounded when it comes to dating and I'm making like better decisions as I learn more about, you know, what are deal breakers for other people and so on and so forth. Um, but I feel like that's the one thing with like Carrie and big, like no one ever was like on her podcast, right. Talking to her being like, I think that this guy is like not really treating you right. You know, like no one like really Mm -hmm. said that except for Miranda. And she didn't want to hear it. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Outside of like technology or, but like in a substantive uh, emotional way or the way relationships are, what do you feel like is the biggest difference between like the dating we see on like Sex in the City or like modern millennial dating problems that have been like, what, what are like the differences besides just like, well, we use apps now. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. It's so funny. Like, I actually don't think that things are that different. Mm -hmm. I really don't. Um, The only difference is how technology has changed, like, as you mentioned. And I think just how they can get in touch with you so many different ways. And like social media, like, like, for example, like within Sex and the City, they were like, well, if he's not calling you, he's not interested, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, it's not like they could text. They couldn't even text. Right. Mm -hmm. And so 
I think now it's like, well, like if there were a modern sex and city, it, it would be like, well, did he like respond to your DM? But like, he didn't text you directly, but like he Snapchatted you. Like there's so many different ways to, that I think be confused. Mm-hmm. And so that is like the main difference. Like, I don't know how modern sex in the city would navigate all of those different channels. Yeah. And that's the same as what it was a hundred years ago. Cause they'd be like, he's definitely into you. He wrote you 40 letters while he was away at war. Right. Right. Exactly. Know, but- like <laughs> Turtle in the hair. <laughs> what wow. an episode. What? what an episode. Bernie T. Classic. All the hits. I wonder what the supplement breath. he was taking. <laughs> what was I he mean, taking? I mean, I know. To make his breath I feel breath. like, I don't know. I feel like there was a moment where Ginger was... You know, just like yeah, but ginger was, doesn't make his breath, breath smell. I feel like it was. Oh, sorry, something. I meant ginseng. Ginseng. Oh, ginseng. Okay, ginseng. yeah, yeah. Perhaps, perhaps. Tell you what, I, I take a fair amount of supplements when I'm like going full on <laughs> diet mode, and there's like this like a super veg power green drink that I take that just like it. I know it doesn't smell good. I know it mm. smells. It smells mm. awful. Plus, if you're rocking like the protein shakes, you can get you know the protein burps don't smell great. So. I don't know. Maybe he's just getting juiced up. Do you think he was getting juiced up? He didn't look super juiced. I don't. Like, I don't know about that. What would I you think that he was more into just weird food? He seemed like a weird food guy. Yeah, I would agree. What a. What would you say if somebody wrote in? Describe if you saw if this was a documentary, and someone was on or off with whether they should stick dating Bernie Turtletop. What would your advice to them be? Ooh, that's a great question. I'm a huge fan of his personality, but there definitely are some red flags there. So go ahead. Yeah, you go ahead. Well, how, how come you're a fan of his personality? Let's unpack that. What is it? (laughs) What does it do for you? He goes after it. He he doesn't, he doesn't like get down. He doesn't mope. I like the moment that Samantha, I'm sorry. I'm just totally speaking over you, Kevin. No, I like it. I'm a fan of his personality, but I like that when Samantha left, he didn't sit there and mope and cry about it. He just got right back on the saddle leaned over to the other fair one. fair he's definitely an optimist he definitely shoots his shot which is awesome mm-hmm. i think that he's the kind of guy though that you're like you know he's the fixer upper so it's like do i want to be with a fixer upper or like should i just find someone that's like already fixed up but mm. it, but when you fix up when you buy a, like a shitty house and you fix it up it becomes your dream home for the most part and then you're just like this is great i have all the things that i wanted where if i would have just like bought a normal home that is already fixed up. There's like a leak here. There's a cabinet here that I don't love. But when you buy a home and fix it up from the from the ground up, it's perfect. That's a really good point. But deep down, you'll have insecurity because you'll know that you had to change this house to really love it. That's that. That's extremely valid. Maybe I think I think there's. Is that a does that go to houses or relationships or both? I think it I think it worked on two planes easily. Um, I think that he is the type of person, and this is why there's a lot of characters on the show that we like ironically, and then when you unpack it, you're like, okay, we like them for real too. But he um I think he's the type of character that you really, really want to see find someone who loves him for who he is Mm -hmm. and not someone who because obviously samantha shouldn't be with them but it's like there's so many worse guys that you like that 
that this guy like really doesn't have any, he just needs to find the right fit. He needs to find someone who is like head over heels with them and doesn't have the thing in the back of her head. That's like, this is my fixer upper. Mm -hmm. And I hope that this fictional character finds that. And actually people like that in real life, I always have like a soft spot in my heart for people like that. You're like, they're so great. I hope they find love with the right person, you know? Yeah. And I think he will. I mean, thanks to Samantha, he has some good clothes now, you know, like I'm not worried about him. Yeah. He looks great in helmet wearing. I have a question. He does. I have a question about self-awareness. Do you think someone knows when they are a fixer upper? Like it just at a point in their life, do do people know when they're at a point where they're like turtle top obviously needs it, but I think everyone's been at a point in their life where things might be a little rough. Do you think people know when they're playing the turtle top? I don't. I don't think they do at all. I think most people are very unaware of how they are, especially men. Sorry, guys. No, that's... It's okay. We're, we're pretty stupid. It's very... <laughs> we're well we're going to have to... Ban- Can you unpack that more? And what could guys do to be more self-aware? Like, what would be the first few things you'd be like, this is what you should know? Because we've actually talked about this a bunch since we've been doing the rewatch about... Because there's a lot of a lot of episodes deal with sort of like you want to be with a bad boy and there's good guys, but like bad guys are like, there's a lot of that in the first few episodes. Mm, And I feel like we've already had some discussions about you want guys to go for it, but also, you know, how many from our friends that are girls are like, they just cringe with all the messages they get the guys that do actually go for it. So I guess with some self-awareness, like what could guys do to be more self-aware and then maybe improve their prospects well number one two and three is therapy Mm. um and i think Mm. also just like having more friends of their desired gender to guide them like i think that is actually something Mm. that is kind of missing in sex in the city like we have stanford we have the gays we don't really have Mm. like the friends who are of the desire gender, right? Like we don't mm-hmm. really have those in sex in the city. And, and like, I'm not saying best friends, right. But like the friends to be like, Hey, like, what do you think, you know, I can do, I feel like, especially in a man situation, like your female friends will help you out. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a uh, question in, that'd be like an episode point. If big had, a female friend that he that was platonic i feel like there would be a thing that was like you know is it uh, there would be a pithy way Mm -hmm. to say it you know that it would be like is it friendly fire or is it a fire literally you know carrie so well like the 90s wasn't prepared to do much that I feel like it would have been like an uncomfortable yeah. plot point rather than just a real exploration. Right. I think that if it, especially if it were an attractive woman, mm-hmm. then it would be a situation. Mm-hmm. I think I hate to say it, but if it were an unattractive person, I don't think the girls would care as much. Yeah. Mm. I mean, true. I think that's, that's good. I actually, we, we started this because we had a, a number of friends that are girls and that's like our first like 10 guests were just like our friends. Mm. And I do feel like that's actually guided. I, I know all three of us have had long conversations with our close girlfriends that it's probably easy to take for granted that a lot of people don't have good friends of the opposite sex that you can have honest conversations about. So 
Yeah. So, mm. We're we're doing it, guys. What do you, what do you? <laughs> yeah, we're really we're really doing it, guys. Let's get some uh, three way Bradshaw boys group <laughs> therapy going. Yes, we'll be on fire. I would love that actually. That'd be carry, super fun. Carry and um, now, where we go to like uh, partner yoga too. Like I can get one of you on each leg, like just, stretching you out. We can yeah. do that. Yeah, that was stretch. an amazing uh, move. Yeah, I've seen those guys in the park. That was I've like, never like, seen that uh, acro acro yoga. And I'm like, I want to, I really want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're laying on their back, like tumbling someone with their legs. And <laughs> I think that, that's why you have kids. That's why you have kids. So you can do acro yoga with your children. Um, I have a question for you because I, I, I feel like we're in a great position because you deal with so many relationship questions. But one of the key questions of the episode is Carrie asks at that wedding, she says, is it better to settle for what you can get? That woman hugs her at the wedding and is like, always i think it's when was she, it, did she make a tale of two cities after, references she, she said, said she said make sure he loves you more a little yeah. bit more make sure he loves you more yeah it's better to marry someone who loves you more and later when carrie's writing something down she says is it better to settle for someone or sorry is it better for is it better to settle mm, for in a city of great expectations another charles yeah. dickens movie mm. or book that i referenced mm. yeah mm. Is it better to settle? Is it better better to settle for a time? <laughs> That's what she's asking. Yes, you want to. And I think the answer is yes, but not in that way. And, and I'll explain what I mean. Like the way that Carrie wrote it, it sounds bad. Like it sounds like you lost, right? She's like, she's like, is it better mm-hmm. to just like settle? Is really what I'm hearing from that, as opposed to like. Mm-hmm is it better to be with somebody who really, really loves you? And the answer is yes to that, you know, Mm -hmm. like, absolutely. I think especially as women, like I was taught by my grandma to make sure that the guy like loved me a tiny bit more. Mm -hmm. But I think the point that's missing there is like, make sure you're also super into them, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I think the woman, and I forgot her name, but the redhead, um, you know, Mm -hmm. she was kind of more like, just find someone that loves you, you know, Mm -hmm. not like find Mm -hmm. someone that loves you a little more, but make sure you are really into them too. And I think that's like the part that was missing there. And that's why Carrie was so turned off by hearing that. Um, especially as someone who's like chasing big at the time, um, and like, kind of falling on her face in a lot of ways she that was the opposite of like what she wants carrie loves a challenge and so hearing that she was like wait all this time should i just like have dated you know every guy from the first couple episodes who was into me that i wasn't into Mm -hmm. i think also Mm -hmm. too like when you get older you settle like you you it's two different words for settle there are two different definitions because you literally settle down you you like find out some things that are more important that like you know uh uh, like certain like physical things or certain like sex things i don't know Corey. what was that thing you said you want someone to like churn butter with or some that book you read what's that that dumb book you read about butter no i'm kidding no 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 (laughs) 
I was I was trying to go along with you in whatever joke, and I thought it was gonna be like a weird butter sex churn joke. But you're talking about the yeah, which was that I read. Uh, no, they they say they say that you want to find someone to stir the oatmeal with, which means do the daily chores of right. life, which is like raising a child, doing taxes, but also being like it's Saturday afternoon. We don't have any. We don't have any like amazing plans. Let's like go to the park and hang together. Yeah. Like and I think people find yeah. that at different times, but I do think that, that also doesn't make good TV. Like that's, like, Oh yeah, totally. An HBO yeah. show of just seeing Carrie. I mean, we even saw that in the second movie when they started to slow down a little bit, she wanted to go back to the crowds and out into the, to this fancy restaurants and, and missed all that. So yeah. Right. Well, all big ones to do is stir that oatmeal. She wasn't down. Yeah. For it. But you, you want to find, I, I think sometimes your, I mean, hopefully most people's uh, preferences mature in some way so that you're interested in more lasting things than, than, you know, I mean, everybody in their twenties in their thirties and forties want different things. than when you're in your twenties. So. Yeah. But I think Kevin, you have yeah. a really good point, which is that like settle to to at least like this episode of sex in the city is like almost like a dirty word. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's like a shameful Mm -hmm. word. Um, when Mm -hmm. you're right, it has two total different meanings. And I think settle is like threatening to carry because she's like, I don't want to have to give up X, Y, and Z. She doesn't think of it as like, you know, what it is, what, like you know what I'm trying to say. It's yeah. like it's not that scary, yeah. but she's making it super scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think I, I, we're friends. I think in our in culture like in general, in suburban environments too. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know a lot. A lot of my friends who are not in New York City kind of settled and slowed down a lot younger than our average friend group here in New York City. I mean, we're, right. we're in our late 30s, and oh, still totally. there's a lot of people who are still single. A lot, a lot of them by choice, who are just trying to you know, enjoy their lives and live their lives where my friends from the Midwest, they, they settled down a lot sooner, a lot quicker. Yeah. They, their, mm-hmm. their goal was to start a family at a young age. Right. It's just, it's an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. My son's going to be two when I'm celebrating my 80th birthday. <laughs> That's you the goal. That. No. Oh no. My friend said she was like, uh, if you wanted, you could be a cool older <laughs> dad. And I was like, there's no wanted about this. Yeah. I am going to be a very older dad, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, uh, which is fine, but that's like the choices you make, right. you know? Yeah. I think, um, as, in, as far as her and big go, um, that's what makes this series still interesting to talk about, which is like, he's this guy that it's like, I don't know. They're, they're always on this, this on and off thing, but, um, yeah, could we, we, since we already watched the entire series and there's no more spoilers, could we go yeah. through some of the, like the top relationships and like run them through a, we met at Acme lens and like get Ooh. some advice or commentary from all the big relationships. Great idea. Um, well, I guess we'll start with like the biggest one, which is Carrie and Big. Yeah. And especially in the turtle and the hair, like I am full on cringing for Carrie. Like she wow. really doesn't play it well. And like she has her moments where she does, but her heart is so on her sleeve when it comes mm-hmm. to Big. And we mm-hmm. all know that Big is the kind of guy that like you have to play a game with, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, well, can I ask you why you say like, what are the indicators that lead you to say something like that? Um, because big is like, I don't want to get married. Yeah. 
And now she's like, well, how do I get him to get married if he says he doesn't want it? Like, it's like, it's always like a puzzle, you Uh know? Um, And so I would say like, Carrie is really the story of the exception girl or woman who holds on to on this like crazy ride and somehow by the end of the ride he's tired so he's like all right let's like lock it up you know but is that like my ideal love story as a woman not at all mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. not at all um i don't want to have to like convince a guy to be right. with me i don't want right. to have to be with a guy who like just because my friend is like marriage is hard he's like i'm not going to do it you know like mm-hmm. that's like who wants to be with a guy like that so i'm not like uh, do i want carrie to end up with big over like petrovsky obviously mm-hmm. but like am i happy about it no and like is it flawed 100 because she ended up like hooking up with was it aiden or burger aiden right yeah in the second movie she hooks she makes that with aiden yeah so it's just like this relationship is not my like it shouldn't be anyone's ideal relationship um yeah and she does hook up with it's it's interesting to say that because she does kiss aiden when things get boring like she has this weird like any time where there's not drama she creates it rather than just like uh stirring oatmeal with this person that you care about that's like let's be committed and it'll be boring you know like Right. And I think that's like, if, if my therapist was therapizing Carrie, like Mm -hmm. she would be like, you're the reason that you're attracted to big in the first place is because he's like, never going to be fully in it Mm -hmm. because like, once he is, Mm -hmm. you're not going to be into it. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. What about, uh, what about Charlotte and Trey? Well, I was going to say, I was actually going to talk about Charlotte and, and Harry, which is my favorite relationship, but I will say Charlotte and Trey are just like, um, you know, typical, like mismatch, like he's like a mama's boy and like has some serious mommy issues. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's like, she, she liked the idea of him like mm-hmm. way more than him. And then, mm-hmm. but like my favorite couple, and I think everyone's favorite couple, and I'm curious if you disagree is Charlotte and Harry. And I think like, I almost like got the chill saying that because it's like, Harry is the guy I described. Like Harry is the one who like loves her a little bit more than she does, but she still loves him so much, you know? Yeah. And that's like the ideal. Yeah. I I think, uh, yeah, I think it's true. Like the stuff that Charlotte had to get over to care about him with like the Judaism stuff or the fact that I think there's, she talks about how he's bald or how he just has the cream cheese. He's always sweating and he's sitting down and stuff. And I do think it's cool that, um, especially for Charlotte, someone who had these strict desires to be like, this is exactly what it looks like. I think it was, I think Harry's our favorite guy on the show. Right. I feel mm-hmm. like, I don't know if there's, we're, he we're, was we're certainly mine Steve fans. We're big, we're big Steve fans too, but there's also, you know, there's Steve in the second movie and Steve and Miranda definitely have a tenuous relationship. Also, Doug, like there's Dr. Robert Leeds in there too. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dr. Robert Leeds is a freaking, he's amazing. They should yeah. have spent off with him. Yeah. They, yeah. they should have. He was a good They should have made, but... yeah, Leeds and Debbie. We've already yeah. talked about I that. Also, yeah. I also love uh, Samantha and Smith. Yeah. I think that they're also a great relationship. Um, what about some of the secondary relationships? What is your take on Samantha and Richard, for instance? Oh, interesting. Samantha and Richard parallel 
hairy and big to me in so many ways. Interesting. Interesting. Like Samantha just wants to be Richard's number one, just like Carrie wants to be Big's like number one or only one. And I think, mm. um, you know, God, that's so true. Like Samantha is like mystified by Richard because he plays her own game way better than she does. Mm. And he doesn't have that like deep down emotion that she does and is always hiding. And so he wins like time and time again, he's like a narcissist and she's like a wannabe narcissist. Mm. Mm. I would love to hear your thoughts on um, uh, Aiden and Carrie. Cause there's a lot of people who are big team Aiden fans. There's yeah. yeah tons. JP, if she was Aiden or big, she, you know, mm. we were, we were thinking we weren't sure what she would say, but you know, there are well, people who are Aiden fans. So, Sex and the City movies aside, Aiden's a good guy. Um, he he's a good match. He's a good catch, but he's not Carrie's guy. Mm. Like he's just not like it's like when you put like the you know small town boy with like the city girl. Like it doesn't it doesn't really it doesn't really work. It's 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 like the question of like should you be with your opposite or should you be with someone more similar to you? And that's why mm. she ends up with Big because they're more similar than either her and, and Alex Petrovsky or her mm-hmm. and Aiden. Um, I was really so disappointed by Aiden cheating with her in the movie mm-hmm. that I am like tainted from Aiden now, honestly, um, because I really thought he was like this family guy. Uh, yeah, I was pretty bummed by that too. It, it was, it was upsetting. I was kind of, we were, we were talking how we were bummed for like, not only Carrie and Aiden, but like for Aiden's family that he talked about, that was so awesome. Like exactly. it really kind of throws off all the stuff where he's like, Oh my, my two boys. Right. And like, Oh man. And he's like showing that... a photo of them. It just like, yeah. it, it really, it's also just so like, like devastating because they make it seem like this is just a thing that happens. Like if you're on a business trip or whatever, and you run into your ex, you just like cheat with them. Like no one wants to have that thought in their head. Like Mm -hmm. that's just so dark. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I guess since they don't, I mean, this is also a testament to the poor writing of the second movie, but, uh, but it's like, it it was kind of just the fact that there's so many questions about the character's motivations behind it kind of show that it is kind of a hollow plot point that wasn't really based in what they created that it's like i it annoys me and also i don't necessarily think aiden would have actually done that right if it, but then also it's like we don't know at all we he just like came in and that was it so um but yeah i i totally agree yeah, no, I think the second movie we could have gone without. I don't mean to put you on the spot and, and test uh, your knowledge of Sex and the City as a whole, but do you have any one-off or two-off relationships that you particularly <laughs> like? We're talking things like Shmuel and Charlotte, or mm. um, uh, what are some others? Like, I mean, Turtle Top Turtle comes Turtle in as one of those. One. The guy yeah. that licks Charlotte's face, probably not Skipper in your top Marina. 10. No, you know what? It's like, Former I'm not... I'm not... Um, like the the good one, like the good one offs aren't really in my mind as much as like the bad ones because those like stuck with me. Like the one, like the guy Charlotte dated who like beat everyone up. Yeah. Was yeah. Like, oh my like, gosh, that like guy, yeah. Ridiculous. Um like the I'm, angry man, right? Right. Like so many of these guys. I was it Charlotte or was it Carrie who dated the guy who needed to shower every moment after sex? Like immediately. That was, that that was, was Miranda. Miranda. Okay. Yeah. I mean like 
it's so funny because these like one-off things like they're just like they are really relatable everyone has one mm-hmm. you know person mm-hmm. they've been with who like wants to, needs to shower obsessively or like someone who likes to get in fights um but none of them really like held their own enough for me to to really stand out except for probably burger but that was not really one off mm-hmm. yeah yeah that was yeah. what would you say is burger's problem what would your advice to burger be or to a girl that was with a burger what, besides break up what would you say burger needs to go th- go to therapy yeah he, yeah he needs therapy he's he's not ready for a relationship he, burger is like a fuck boy you know mm-hmm. if i can curse um Des- describe that like I- explain why he is i think it's pretty clear but i want to hear it in your words like why he is a fuck boy because to me i'm also like he seems very emotionally immature and maybe just like an angry young man kind of guy. Well, too. that's what it is, right? Like a fuckboy isn't a fuckboy for life. They're a fuckboy until they like learn better. Mm-hmm. And I think he's just mm. like in a fuckboy stage. Mm. Fuckboy is not a fuckboy for life. That's I, I want to like for you for you fuckboys out there. Oh yeah. There's also a t-shirt in there. A t-shirt in there. <laughs> fuckboys <laughs> in a fuckboy for life. They're just sometimes in a fuckboy stage. Exactly. Uh, you you would you you talked about it on uh, your podcast, but you know a lot of or you you concentrate sometimes on astrology, mm. and I'm very curious into the four ladies. I'm I, have you ever done that before of like what their four signs are and how that plays into their relationship? I have. I have. So. Um, there's speculation because sometimes they like they will allude to the real birthdays of the characters sometimes they won't um but i think what is speculated is that carrie is a libra um samantha mm-hmm. is a sagittarius charlotte is a cancer and miranda is a virgo so that's like what people think right um just out of curiosity what are your signs i'm libra okay I'm a cancer. Mm-hmm. I am a uh, a Virgo, and a friend did my chart recently and said I was a double Virgo, double Libra. Ooh. I think is what it is. Okay, that makes a lot. Of sense. I don't really know what all the. Oh, interesting. I don't know why it makes sense. Or like mm-hmm. what it... Lindsay, mm-hmm. have you seen Grey Gardens? I have. Yeah, that's, that's so funny. I, I just love when she says, "I, I need a Libra man." I'm looking for a Libra man. It's great. Great documentary. Everyone should watch it. It's really funny. Um, Big and Little Edie in the Hamptons. Yes. I I don't know why, but I reference that a lot. Um, It's such a great movie. Like every time I'm like home too too long for the weekend and like not leaving my house, I'm like, I'm Grey Gardens. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) But um, yeah, no, I think that, you know, the reason that Carrie is pinpointed as a Libra a lot of the time. And by the way, Kevin, I'm a Libra as well. So it's, Mm. I'm allowed to say all of this is that she is like super indecisive when it comes to like little things, you know, she's always like weighing her options. She is, is charming. She, uh, also like, likes a challenge, but she is like, she loves love so much that like, she's looking for this like crazy story as opposed to like the mundane of it, you know, she's looking for this, like sweet me out, sweet me out my feet romance. And I think that didn't work out with Alexander Petrovsky, who's a Scorpio mm. because mm. he was like so intense and like, 
introverted and annoying. And she was like, I want it to be about me. Like when they're in Paris and she doesn't go to her like book sign, that was like Mm. devastating Yeah, because like, we know Carrie and we're like, how, I can't believe she had this opportunity that she would have loved to like go to this place and be celebrated by these like beautiful French women. And she didn't go. And so that's like Carrie for sure. I think Miranda's a Virgo because she is super realistic. She is, you know, as we know, she's pessimistic. Um, but she's also like really not afraid to like tell her friends, like, that's a bad idea or, um, don't do that or don't do this. And she, she's not like, she's not romantic. She, she doesn't like say like, I love you all the time. She, she's more of like an acts of service person and she's like more loyal and like shows up for her friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that, um, that, uh, Steve is a Pisces cause they're like opposites and he's like more of like the dreamer and like the head in the clouds. And that's like why they work. She, he like needs her to like bring him back to life. Um, I think that, uh, I think that Samantha is a Sagittarius because she likes like freedom and she likes independence and she likes to like do what she pleases and call the shots. But like, again, deep down, like, it's just like, it's like a mask for like just someone who really wants to be loved. Um, and, uh, I think that Samantha is a cancer because she like wants to be married and she wants to like be a, a, like a person of the home in so many ways. And she wants Mm -hmm. to create this, like this, like family and like, yeah, I don't know. Cancer is just like a sign that like loves doing all of that. I mean, John, like it makes sense. Cause you said you're married. Like it's, it's just like, that's what I think a cancer wants deep down. It's just like that family life. That's so interesting. Mm. How, how, how did you start? Yeah. I'm just curious. How did you start getting interested in, in horoscope and relations in the first first place yeah well i was at college in boston and a friend of mine like just came over one day with all these books on astrology and i was like i'll check him out and just was stunned with how much i thought was like resonated resonated with me and my sign and then i looked up like people i knew really well and and with theirs and i just wanted to learn more so i just did my own research that's so cool. There's this book uh, that a uh, girl I went on a date with showed me, and it was just like a whole profile for every single day. And the secret language of birthdays. Yeah, it was crazy because there was like the exact day yeah, of two different people. So there was like every combination was mm-hmm. in there, and it was it was fun. Then they all have the historical figures of, and it was it was. Yeah, it was definitely a little gateway drug. I was like, man, this is pretty interesting. So yeah, well, that, that's what got me hooked. Kevin, when is your exact birthday? I just have to ask because you're a Libra. October 13th. Okay. What's yours? Cool. I'm September 28th. Okay. Okay. Oh, I'm like right on the bubble. I'm September 10th, but I'm a Virgo. When's the cutoff? The cutoff is September 23rd. Wow. You just have that stuff like Stop right off Katie, the top Katie, of your head. My wife is uh, October 18th. Is she? Is she? She's she's Libra. Libra. And actually, my boyfriend is a Cancer, so oh, I guess okay. Libra Cancer is a good match. It is a good match. It works well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least I think so. Let's um <laughs> let's cover because I feel like last time we didn't cover it at all, and uh, I feel like besides the last time we just like made a few like uh, rabbit jokes and then moved on, but uh, do you have it like with your podcast? Uh, I I don't know. Like 
I don't want to like force you to like answer anything, but it's like, how, we need to talk about the rabbit. We need to talk about girls and sex toys without yeah. being just like three guys being like, Oh, it's awesome. It's not that, but yeah. it's like, yeah. it's, it's pretty revolutionary to not just say like, like reference to like, Oh, I'll have some me time, but to go into the specific sex toy, which then I think probably is now iconic and, and blew up. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know what the question is. I just want to make sure we cover it. No, it's so I, I, see what, I see where you're going. I um, first of all, that episode for sure blew up the rabbit. Even when mm. I was growing up, I remember I was like in high school or middle school at the time, and my friends were like, "Let's go get the rabbit," and I was like, "What?" Um, <laughs> so that really like blew blew it up. But I think that you know I wasn't thrilled with the way that they like portrayed. Charlotte, like once she found out about the sex toy, like being like obsessed with it, like women have been masturbating forever. It's like not <laughs> new. It's not like that was the only way she could figure out how to orgasm. Like, and she had to wait till she was 33 to figure that out. Like mm-hmm. she was, she had it figured out before then. Um, so like, I see what they were doing mm-hmm. there, but like, I, I think if, if anything, they should talk about like, you know, masturbating before dinner because it's like something they want to do, not just because like they discovered this new sex toy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like they just, that was the only time mm-hmm. that sex in the city really brought up masturbating and like normalized it a little bit. Um, but everyone, every woman mm-hmm. more or less has a vibrator and it's so normal. And it's like, that's, that should be more of a normal thing as opposed to like, Oh my God, we have to get, we have to save our friend from masturbating all day. Like, no, mm-hmm. if she wants to masturbate all day. She'll fucking masturbate all day. Who cares? You know, that was like, that was like eighth, eighth grade me during mm-hmm. spring break on MTV. <laughs> Summer <laughs> summer's off. Just <laughs> totally. Also, also like I rewatching that, when they went to like save Charlotte from masturbating and they mm. picked up her, her vibrator with their bare hands. Yeah. 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 I was like, are you guys good? I, also I, like my Corona like, brain was like, what is going, going on? on? Yeah. Like that was so unsanitary. I do yeah, think there's seriously. like a, the, when we've talked about this before, but there is like this disconnect. Yeah. And I think there's a disconnect sometimes with Charlotte's character um, that, is is can come out in times like this because she can be very they use her to be innocent and then they'll also use her to like shock the audience to be like i know more than you think and it all doesn't necessarily add up when you're like she just hooked up with shmuel like a few episodes ago and it was totally fine and she her and trey like um you know they're pretty wild in the sack or they get to later and that she makes the joke about um about like whatever the butt stuff doing butt stuff with them and then there's also this other side where it's the only character they could use to be like i don't know i've never used a sex toy but it uh, charlotte's all in all character sometimes doesn't completely add up in certain moments and i think this is one of them that it's like she probably knows what's going on right i I agree with you i I want to talk about um uh uh, I guess the question is, had people reach out about like coming out of the closet, being closeted, acceptance from family and things like that? Is that is that still a a pretty common thing that you're working through on your podcast and Instagram? Yeah, it's actually not. Um, I think in like 
we're so lucky in 2021. It's like people don't really have the coming out experience like they did when Sex and the City was around. Mm. And um, I have like Mm. a gaggle of gays and, (laughs) you know, they've been out for like since like college. Um, And I think it's really sad to see the reality of that back in the day you know, Stanford didn't feel comfortable being out to his parents. But then obviously like his mom was like, of course I know you're like, I know I knew he was gay. Um, like your, your mom always knows. But, um, I think that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm really, we're all really lucky mm-hmm. to be in this time where now, like if we have a, a gay son or daughter, you know, they, really don't have to have this whole dramatic I'm gay uh, moment. Um, but instead they have like, what, who are you interested in? Oh, boys. Oh, cool. Yeah. Girls. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Nice. Like, you know, it's, it's a non-event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think with that, it's like, um, uh, Stanford's one of the characters that, you know, he's always peppered in just enough. And I always want more from him. Like, I would love if this show was just like, you know, he's just such a compelling character. His insecurities are always like on his sleeve and his backstory, I think is so like, you know, like that was a very sad thing. And I'm like, Oh man, I wish, I wish we had like a little bit more of that throughout. Love Stanford. What do you think at the end of the episode, you're talking about big and Carrie and big Carrie kind of talks about like, kind of like, are we going to make it? And big is making dinner and he makes this allusion to dinner where he's like, well, you know, you got to like let the garlic simmer and you got to make the tomatoes. And I feel like it's a really good big moment for he's just like, Hey, I thought he says, he's like, I thought we were having fun. And definitely for the rest of the series, he sort of strings her along and his insecurities really show up. But to me, that feels like a great big moment of him saying like, we're starting out here and you kind of just got to let things gestate like you do when you're cooking. And he does that like while he's cooking. How do you feel in huge relationships? And you've like probably talked about this in your podcast, but what about that like weird period at the beginning where there's clearly something that seems like a big moment for both of you, but you kind of live in this, right. I, I think like some therapists would call it liminal space. You live in this like liminal space where you're yeah. wondering like what's going to yeah. happen. It's it's a gray and area. And like, it's hard because cool. if, if like, someone what, came what, to what me and they were there? like, I asked my boy, like I asked the guy I'm dating what, like what, what's going on here. And he was like, I thought we were having fun. I'd be like, that's a red flag. Mm. Um, but at the same time, like my advice is actually like at least mm. until like month two and a half, like let the dust settle and like, don't, don't be like, what are we? Or yeah. like, what, what are we doing? Like just actually like have the moments and like take it in and get to know each other because like no one should have to define things after, you know, a, a month of dating, like, le- like a, give it at least a good two mm. months. Um, and then, you know, see, like do like a temperature mm-hmm. check or whatever. But, um, I think with like, with big saying that, um, yeah, like I, I think in, I don't, I wish I could know how long they had been dating at that point, knowing big, it was probably like six months in and he was like, we're having fun. Um, which I would say is definitely like a a deal breaker, (laughs) but I think, I think it just like it, 
it echoes my point that I make to women writing in who date men, which is just like, let them come up with the, like, I want you to be my girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Don't like push them into the corner with it. And we'll follow up question because we've had some of our, our listeners write in about like Zoom dating and stuff like that in a weird time like we are in now with people starting and being in relationships and dating like they've never been before in like a pandemic that feels like it's maybe the light is at the end of the tunnel with it at this point. Does that change that for anyone starting relationships now or in weird relationships now that they may have started when they're in different cities or they've met over zoom and they like haven't met in person yet, but they feel invested. Does that change expectations at all? Like if Carrie and Big started um, over zoom. I think like you need to have experiences in person. I think, I mean, I would not ever start a relationship over zoom, but if I did, Mm. And it was my only option. I would want to almost like restart in person mm-hmm. uh, because like there's such a difference between dating over Zoom and dating in person mm-hmm. when you like actually like the, feel the person's energy. Yeah. I, oh my gosh. I remember the first Zoom mm-hmm. date I went on. It was, yeah. it was like, it's, it was, and I had some very positive experiences with it, but it's just so funny. Something that a year ago would have seemed insane. And then was like, actually not bad. Would you recommend people zoom date post once everything's hundred percent back open? Yeah. I mean, I think at least like a screener date is not a bad idea. Yeah. Then that'll become the norm now. Right. Right. That's a good question. I'm like, do you I'm think not they'll, do you think the they'll cover zoom dating? Well, okay. You mean the second city, city reboot with that, with the characters? Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Fair. <laughs> I thought you meant like, there was like that, like younger, we were talking weird, about the, different the, yeah. actor. Yeah. I, I think they will. I think they will for no, sure. No, 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 um, no. No, the sure. one that's going to be on. Uh, if I can get over my depression of Samantha not being in it. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Um, I yeah, know, this right? is this Crazy. is so great. Everybody, um, first of all, like, well, uh, we met at Acme. It's a podcast yeah. and an Instagram. It's a very fun. It's like uh, her. Your Instagram is so fun because you get to a share your opinion and then B sometimes you'll put something that you realize like 80% of people disagree with you. And then you get to think about that for the next 10 minutes and then get, you get to talk about it later, but your, your Instagram and your podcast are, we had met at Acme and uh, everybody, I would encourage you all to go listen. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes. Check it out. Thank you guys. Yeah. Later. Thanks. Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cabin, Kevin James Doyle, and John Sieber. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and narrated by Katie Sieber. This podcast is part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Check out all their great podcasts at seltzerkings.com. You can find the boys on their socials at The Bradshaw Boys or on their website at thebradshawboys.com. And as always, if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.